What's up, Jericho Road Church? Good morning. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Yeah. Hey, we got to see some sun a little bit yesterday. That, that was nice. Was that, that was yesterday. Um, but, yeah, hey, if you're new, uh, glad you guys are here. Uh, my name is Brian, one of the pastors on staff, uh, mainly work with the students, um, and uh, they're crazy. Um, <laughs> the younger ones, we all know. But um, yeah, and, and so for the past few weeks, we have been going through this series on 40 days of prayer. Um, it's literally 40 days of prayer. Uh, and, and so we've been hitting topics such as hospitality, right, marriage, worship, and today, uh, really the, the focus for today uh, is is kind of that next generation, right? Kids, teens, uh, the Gen Zers. Uh, fun facts uh, about the generation that's behind the behind me. Uh, they're actually known as one of the hardest working generations to date. I don't. I know you don't. Be, you might not believe that, but they are. Um, I mean, you look at a kid, one of the kids' schedules, and it's just like honor society whatever stuff with pigs, um, whatever, 4-H, right, 4-H, like they're doing, um, <laughs> right, they're, they're doing all this stuff, and then on top of that, they're like, they're discovering their career, and going to colleges, and all this stuff, and, and, and it's pretty interesting, because uh, my generation is known to be lazy, and do whatever they want, uh, the one behind me is, they, do they're working, they're working, and and this gener that generation, that Gen Z generation, right? Uh, they re they relate so much with the grandparents, the baby boomers, because they worked hard, they worked their faces off, right? Uh, and so uh, it's just really interesting, fun fact. Um, I could tell you more stuff, but uh, that's not the point of today. Um, I could give you resources for those things, uh, but today we're going to focus on this this word identity. Right? And we're, we're going to focus on this, this question, uh, I think, that we're all still asking, and in particular, teenagers. And, and if you have not answered this question, uh, if you can't answer this honestly, which you're probably most likely um, asking yourself is, who am I? Right? Who am I? And the other two questions that follow after that is, where do I fit? What difference can I make? I'm sure um, some of you are, are trying to figure that out. What's my purpose? Like, what difference can I make? I'm just doing a factory job, working third shift, and going home and sleeping like a vampire. You know, you're just trying to find meaning. Um, but all that stuff stems from that one question of who am I? Uh, and, and since it's a, a next-gen Sunday type thing, I thought it would be fitting to show us a Disney, a clip of a Disney movie. Is that all right? Um, uh, it's just a small clip. Uh, if you have not seen Lion King, um, sorry, right? Uh, but we're, we're going we're gonna to give some of it away today. Uh, we're just going to watch a few minutes of it. And there's a few things I want you to focus on within the interaction here, okay? Um, I want you to look at the term of remember who you are, uh, who am I? You know, just, just these questions of purpose, right? Questions of man, like, Seriously, why do I exist? Um, and so, let, let's play the video real quick. Creepy little monkey. Do you 
you stop following me? <laughs> who are you? The question is, who are you? I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Uh, enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. Bye. Hey, wait! You know my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> He's alive. And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look out. You see, he lives in you. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. No, please, don't leave me. Awesome. You, you can stop it there, Bruce. Um, I love Disney movies. Uh, th there's so much redemptive qualities to them. Uh, you could really see <laughs> the gospel coming into play. Um, 
But the one phrase I really want you to see is, is Mufasa telling Simba, right, this, this piece of advice, not just advice, but this, this piece of truth of saying, hey, remember who you are. Remember who you are in Christ. Right? For, for us in this church, for Jericho Road Church, right, we're this uh, God-believing church look at, just trying to look at the Bible and what it says. And what the Bible uh, really reminds us of is, is remembering who we belong to, remembering who we are uh, at its core. Uh, because if you remember who you are, you'll answer this question of, who am I? Right? And before we answer that question, um, I really want to take a few minutes for you guys just to, to even just pray to the Lord uh, and just lay it out, man. Lay it out and just say, God, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Uh, if, if, there, if you're in a, a season of, of praising the Lord, feel free to do that. Uh, but I just want to give you time to connect with the Lord. Um, and even if you don't know him, uh, to just say, hey, God, reveal who you are. Reveal who you are. And so I'm going to take a few minutes to pray, speak to the Lord, and, and I'll open us in prayer. God, I love that in, in, in life we get to see a little glimpse of what the gospel is. Uh, we get to see a glimpse of what your word is. Um, even as simple as, as a, a kid movie such as The Lion King, seeing just this father-son relationship of, 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 of just love, of, of mercy, and just kind of the reminder of who we belong to. I pray that uh, this morning we can really see who we belong to. I know some of us, we, we already, we might know that answer, uh, but to live out that answer is, is a little more difficult. Um, so God, as we look into our identity, uh, help us to learn, help us to grasp it, uh, help us to uh, lay some things down that we need to this morning and uh, just listen to what truth you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will struggle. Uh, if you can't answer this question of who am I, you will struggle for, for all your whole entire life in trying to figure this question out of who I am, right? Uh, because who we are can be so closely related to um, a lot of things that we do. A lot of things that we do, a lot of things that we associate ourselves with, right? We link our identity to our jobs. A lot of good things, okay? Some of the things are really good. We link our identities to our jobs, such as uh, whatever job you're doing, okay? Uh, if you're a painter, you're a painter. Like, uh, my name is Blah, I'm a painter, right? Um, for, for guys, right, uh, how I remember a lot, of, uh, a lot of your names, in particular the, the men, right? I, I remember what you do, right? 
Uh, I remember what you do, like Evan Painter. That's why I said Painter, because Evan's right there, right? Um, I, I know Chance Coast Guard, right? I, I could, I just picture those things, right? Uh, Don is a machinist of some sort, right? Kevin works at home doing some tech nerd stuff, right? There's just a lot of things, right? <laughs> There's a lot of things, right, that we ourselves, like we associate each other, and that's how we identify each other, and, and which is not bad, uh, but we link it so, our identity so much to those things, it becomes who we are, and that's not what Scripture's trying to tell us, right? What we link ourselves to can be good, but there's also bad things that we, we link ourselves to, and, and that could be our past. Like, some of us are just dumb, right? Some of us make dumb, stupid mistakes, you, or outright just made a bad mistake. You went to jail, you, you, you spent uh, a few years in jail, or you, you just were just dumb, right? You made really bad choices, and you're suffering the consequences. You lost your marriage over it, right? You lost your kids over it. And, and so what we link our identity to is whatever bad stuff that we have done. Um, look, that, all that stuff is not necessarily bad because the good things God has gifted you with, God has gifted you with talents, things that you're passionate about, and the bad things, right? Even though it sucks, even though it, it it, it, it really stinks to think about what you have done and, and how, how those mess-ups have really translated to your life now, right? You might be on your fifth marriage because you were just dumb, right? Um, look, right? that does not need to be your identity, right? You can link yourself to what the Lord has for you, what the Lord is calling you. And that answer to this question of who am I, right, is really, really simple. Because you want to know the coolest thing? That God answers that question right in the first few verses of Scripture. In Genesis, Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, God says this, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Who am I? You know what? Let's make man who they are. Let's make them in the image of God, in our likeness, and let them have power over the fish and the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Did you catch that answer? Super simple. Who are you? You're an image bearer of God. Simple as that. Super simple. Right? How do you identify yourself? Right? If you're a Christian, it should not be whatever your views are and politics or I, I don't even know, right? I don't get how certain Christians identify themselves certain ways, but I know for me, I, have, I might just have a really tiny brain, but every time someone asks me who I belong to, I say, I just belong to Jesus, right? I just bear the image of Jesus, and I try to replicate what he wants me to do, and what Jesus wants me to do is have power over a dog currently, right? Have power over animals, have power like to reflect who God is. God has power. God is merciful. God is just. And that's, that's a person we were created after, right? And so uh, I want us to understand this a little bit more, right? The sun, the moon, the stars, they were not created in the image of God. Those things are stinking awesome, 
right? We, we spend years trying to get on a moon, whether it's round or flat. I don't care what your view is, right? We spend years trying to go to Mars and all these things, but those things were not created in the image of God. God created those things, but he didn't die for them, right? Mountains, oceans, fish, whatever, God created those things, but they were not made in the image of God. They're just fish. That's who they are. Us, right? Us humans, we were created in the image of God. That's who we are. We are bearers of the image of the almighty, perfect, eternal, merciful, loving God. That's who we are. And that's what God is saying from the very beginning. The answer to the question of who am I is that you bear my image. You're just like me. Just like me. No other creation. You got a pet at home, whatever his name is, Fluffy, right? Fluffy was not created after God. You were. You know what else was created after God? The next generation, right? I think that's pretty obvious. Um, as, as a youth pastor, we have some pretty funny conversations with students. Uh, some of them get real deep. Some of them are just silly. Uh, and so we were dropping, my wife Janine and I were dropping some students off after, after youth group, and we were just having a conversation with some students. And uh, one of the students asked and, and was just like, do you believe that there are other living things in the universe? Right? I'm sure uh, you guys have asked that question, right? Like, are there aliens? Sure. Sure, there's aliens, right? But they have a million eyes, two eyes, whatever, big head, uh, whatever they are. Sure, if there's extra life out there, cool, great, awesome, right? As I was thinking about that sophisticated, intelligent answer that I said to the student of sure, um, right, I started to really think, I'm like, what if there's life out there? God didn't die for them. God didn't die for no other creature other than who? Me. You. He didn't die for any other living thing but you. He didn't say, this is who you are. You are the image bearer of God to anyone else but us. In this vast universe, in this, where however many galaxies and black holes there are, which we'll probably never ever discover, right? In, in all this whole entire universe, there's one thing that God created and said, they're going to bear my image. Us. Who are you? You're an image bearer of God. Simple as that. And maybe, look, I know that for some of us, that's not, that doesn't hit home so much. Uh, because the truth is, we're not living that out, being image bearers of God. We don't take it seriously. We don't get it. Um, right? and, and most likely you don't get it because you're not linking up with God. You're, you're continually linking up with other things, right, other than the Lord, and you're finding your identity in all those things, um, right? But have you ever heard of sin and the fall, right, where all of that came into question? 
The reason why we struggle so much with our identity is, right, the reason why we constantly struggle with linking ourselves to the Lord, right, is because we often forget who we belong to. Who are you? You belong to the Lord. Whether you're a Christian or not, you were made in the image of God. Okay? Do you get that? Whether you're a Christian or not, you were made in the image of God. Okay? And, and why we struggle with our identity so much is because we simply forget. Okay? How do you forget something? Right? If you're not doing a certain habit, a certain hobby constantly, you're going to forget how to do stuff. Right? For all you athletes out there uh, who have lived their glory days, their sophomore year of high school, right, you're still, probably still remembering like, how athletic you are. But guess what? You need a replacement now, right? You're, you're actually not all that great. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. I was just making fun. I was just making fun of old people. Oh, gosh. I really don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but, yes, right? We often forget who we are, okay? And, and I just want to link it. I just want to link that back um, to why we struggle so much, right? In Genesis 3, uh, Genesis 3, it happens to Adam and Eve. It happens to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Perfect spot. They knew who they were. They were like, man, we get to be with God. We get to be in his presence. And here you go, right? Here comes the fall. Here comes all that stuff crumbling down, all our identity uh, being cr- just, just taken away in, in a way, right? And in Genesis 3, it says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did you actually, did God actually say, Right? That, just that term in general, right? it starts to make you question, hey, hey, did God actually say this? Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Right? Did God actually say? And necessarily, right, for, for Eve, that's not really like the sin, right? but it does make some doubt creep in a little bit. Right? Have you ever, has ever, anyone ever spoke to you and was like, uh, you think you're really good at something, right? Um, you're a good runner. You run like 10 miles a day. And if you do that, you're pretty dang good at running. And then all of a sudden someone says, um, what's your mile? And you say like 11 minutes. And they're like, you're not that good of a runner. Right? Uh, no, you're, you're a pretty dang good runner. You're a little slow, but that, that's pretty dang good. Right? But th- there's some doubt that starts to creep in you like, am I not running fast enough? Am I slow? Like, do I stink? Can I do a half marathon? Right? Certain doubts start to creep in. And this is what Satan starts to do to us in a way. Like, did God actually say you're an image of who he is? Let's keep going. Uh, in, In verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, which is true. Right? We may eat of it. Uh, but here's what what happened, right? But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, right? And here's what happens. When doubt starts to creep in, when our identity starts to come in question, here's what happens. We start to add to what was already true, and we modify truth. And here's what Eve says, neither shall you touch it lest you die. In Scripture, God never says you cannot touch the tree. You could touch any tree you want, just don't eat from it. Touching the trees were fair game. But what happens when we start to doubt who we are before God, 
right, we start to modify truth. We start to identify our struggle with sin, right? I am a struggling porn addict trying to follow after Jesus. Uh, that, that's not who you are. You shouldn't identify that you're a porn addict. What it should be is that I am a redeemed porn addict. I am a son of God, and I bear his image. Your past should not be included in your identity. Because when, one day when you get to heaven, God's not going to be like, oh, there's a porn addict Christian. No, he's not going to say that. He's going to say, that's my son, that's my daughter. That guy carried my image. I struggle so hard when people say they add, I'm this, running after God. I'm a drunkard running after God. And, and maybe that's really comforting for, for you at the time. Um, but at some point, you're going to have to let go of your past and live in the truth of God and in what he says you are, that you're his son, nothing added. You're his daughter, nothing added. Your sin does not define who you are. That's why Jesus died for us. That's why he came on the, uh, to this earth to, and rose again so that we wouldn't have to hold that anymore. He took that all on the cross. He took that image, right? Jesus, when he was on the cross, right, when he was dying, he took your addictions. He took your sin. He took all those things that you identify with and said, we're going to leave it right here. And I think we as Christians, we forget that. Yes, you're struggling with sin. And I'm sure a lot of us are in here today. Admit that. That's good, right? Go before the Lord and, and ask for forgiveness and, and turn from that, right? But don't make that your identity. In Christ, you are free. In Christ, you're living in the garden. In Christ, you're going to live in the garden. So she adds truth to this thing. Right? That's what sin does. It modifies truth. It modifies who we are, which modified truth is not truth at all. I hate, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says, that's my truth. Guess what? Your truth, if it's not linked with, up with God and who, who, who you are before God, is not truth at all. There's a lot of truth out there that is actually not truth. It sounds really good. It tickles your little ear. Right? But it just goes against God and who you were created to be. Um, let's keep going. In Genesis 3, 6, it says this. So when a woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took, off its, uh, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Uh, he ate. I also hate that joke of, oh, the woman caused me to sin. Shut up. You, you both sinned. All right. Um, uh, verse 7 says, then the eyes of, first of all, dudes, Man up, you messed up, right? Um, verse 7, right? And then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, right? Before all this happened, before 
sin ever crept up, before doubt ever crept up into the mind, right? They were just, they knew who they were before the Lord. They were like, yo, we are perfect. We, we carry this name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, right, this dumb, stinking serpent comes in, and it causes some doubt. And look, they find this new identity, and then their eyes were both opened, and they knew that they were naked. When did naked become so bad? Well, obviously public, being publicly naked nowadays is bad. But like in marriage, right, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, man. I don't care. I'm freaking married to my wife, and you know what? I'm going to live as, I was, as if I was in the Dan Garden. You know why? Because it's sin-free in marriage when it comes to nakedness, right? I, I get to be who my wife gets to see me for all that I am, Right? <laughs> It's just true. And in the same way, right, before sin ever entered, God saw us for all that we are. And before sin ever entered Adam and Eve, they saw all that who God was. And they never doubted up until a moment of a little dumb voice. And they saw that nakedness was bad. And not only that, um, they sewed fig leaves together, right? They made a bikini and a dang jockstrap. Like, that's, that's so dumb. We're dumb. And, and let's keep going. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in a garden in the cool of day. And a man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Do you see what happens? When we don't link our identity to the Lord, right, we don't come before him naked. We live in our guilt. We put clothes on and we hide our identity. We hide from the presence of God. When has the presence of God been this thing of, oh, I hate it? The presence of God is a good thing. And this is what happened. Adam and Eve lost who they were. They lost their identity. They forgot that they were image bearers of God. And what happens is this. They hide and live in their guilt. Verse 10, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Do you see what happens here? When we, don't, when we don't remember who we are, what we were created for in the beginning, created to be image bearers of God, right? what it causes us to do when we don't remind ourselves who we are, what it causes us to do is be afraid of the presence of God, to hide from the presence of God, and to live in our shame and guilt. Do you know that the gospel and that Jesus wants us to come before him in our guilt, in our shame, in our nakedness, and he wants to say, hey, I died for you. You don't got to live in that anymore. You know who you are? You're an image of me. You're son and daughter of God. I love the last verse. I love this, this, just this response Jesus says. It's so confronting and yet so merciful. 
Right? It's so confronting yet so merciful. And Jesus says this in verse 11. God says this in verse 11. He says, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? Who told you who you are? What voices are you listening to? Where are you finding your identity? Where are you linking yourself? And, and why I love this response is, obviously we see that sin is wrong. We know that Jesus deals with sin, and in the next verses, you know, they get kicked out of the garden. But this question does not deal with their guilt and shame so much, but it deals with this, their being. Like, who told you who you are? Who told you that you were naked? When just in a few verses ago, when I created you, I told you who you were, that you were mine. You were an image bearer of, of the created, of the, of the creator. And look, um, I know this, this message might not suffice. That answer of who am I and that you belong to the Lord, that you can belong to the Lord, uh, might not suffice, right? Uh, because you're struggling with that. You're still struggling with identity. And because of all the voices that you've been hearing and all the things that you have been linking yourself up to, my prayer is that slowly but surely that you will see yourself in light of who God is, right? Yes, you are a sinner. But if you have come to Christ, you are a sinner saved by grace, right? You have become his daughter, right? And I, I hope we get there. Um, but, all right, talking about the next generation as they struggle through this question, okay, as they struggle through this question of figuring out who they are, right? Because there's so much change happening in their lives right now. There's so much change going on in the world. They're living in a world uh, that they get to see everything, right? Uh, for some of us, okay, uh, especially if you're a millennial, 9-11, um, right, uh, my wife and I, when we lived in Jersey, um, even though we were right there, we didn't see it on TV till like 5 o'clock news. Whereas these students today, they're, they're finding everything out right away. Shootings, whatever. They're seeing all of it. Okay? And all those events can contribute to who they are. Okay? And so when I was, um, by God's grace, I was able to just be under great mentors who have, uh, who God used to shape uh, who I am and reminded of me of who I am. And so personally, on a personal level, when people ask me who I am um, and Right? Look, being a pastor is not a glorious job. It's not. I'd rather be a dang doctor, right? Saving lives. Right? I'd rather be like a, a, guy, a, a dude on Wall Street making that dough, right? I'd rather be like someone big, <laughs> right? I, or a freaking nurse. Be a nurse, right? I, or, or, or even a father. Shoot, I can't wait to be a dad, right? Um. But all those things, even though I desire those things, okay, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. So throughout my whole entire life, I've had to deal with this question, and, and even to this day, but I have found so much peace in knowing who I am in Christ that I can function. Right? I was living, okay, to please my parents. 
right? My parents, before ministry, before I told them I wanted to go into ministry, all right, they said, hey, you should get your life together, <laughs> right? They said, you should go into the military. You're going to be Gucci, right? You're going to be straight, okay? Retire at 40, and then you can do whatever you want, right? And so um, as I'm dealing with all these things, right, God was just reminding me, hey, 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 your parents don't define who you are. Your parents don't control your career path. Your parents don't tell you, uh, yes, they tell you us what to do uh, in a sense, but they don't, they're not the ultimate, ultimate authority here. They don't tell you who you are, right? And so I had to fight tooth and nail to remind my parents, hey, I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to be his son. I just want to please him. And it took them a while for them to get that, that God was actually doing a work in me and, and, and shaping my identity in Christ. And, and so my encouragement to you, parents, is remember where, who you are in Christ, because as you remember who you are uh, in Christ, that will, I'm sure that will shape the way your kids grow up. How awesome would it be if you saw the next, genera- next generation of Jericho Road Church worshiping the Lord, following after the Lord? And all the other stuff, if they want to be like doctors and stuff, that's, that's cool. But how awesome would it be that they have become lovers of Christ and they have found their identity in Christ and they're just following hard after him? And so my challenge to you is it starts with the older generation, to remember who you are. Because if you know who you are in Christ, that will trickle down. It will truly trickle down. And your kids, they'll have an answer to that question of who am I. And that question of who am I, they'll figure out where they fit in. Because where they fit in, right, they could fit in anywhere. Because they're image bearers of Christ, They're going to fit in anywhere they want because they realize who they are and what their mission is. It's to represent Christ. Okay? It's to represent Christ. So, remember who you are. You're an image bearer of Christ. Stop listening to modified truth. Okay? And link up with God. He'll tell you who you are. Let's pray. God, I just thank you. Um, Simple truth is sometimes hard truth to to really take in. And the simple truth that we are image bearers of Christ, that we belong to Christ, um, can go so deep. And I pray as we, we, we figure out who we are in Christ, as we really ponder this truth of, man, I'm an image bearer of Christ, that we can look back to the cross and see, man, God loved me so much that he died for me, that I, I can represent him, that I can reflect him, that I can mirror the greatest being to ever exist. God, I pray that we take our identity seriously. 
that we take our identity being image bearers of God seriously. And that's not the other way around where we take our job seriously and we put God on the back burner. But first and foremost, we will go into our jobs, we will go into our everyday life as, as people bearing the image of God. And I pray that changes the way we live, the way we view things. God, I know um, this next generation struggles a lot with anxiety. There's a lot of fixes to it, a lot of pills to it. There's a lot of studies, doctor studies, scientific studies. Speaking from personal experience and, and what you have done in me, um, knowing who I am before you takes away all those anxieties and worries and fears because my purpose is to live for you. And I pray that for the next generation that in their hard-working life, that their anxieties, they can transfer them to you. And that they can find who they are in you. We are sons and daughters created, created by the Creator. And so, God, if you're calling us to repent, if you're calling us to even just talk to our kid uh, right now and just reminding them of who they are and just encouraging them, may we do that. Um, as we have this, this last song, uh, I encourage you, if your child is here, that you tell them you like them. That you tell them you like them. My dad was a very Filipino dad. If you know anything about Filipino dads, they're not affectionate. I remember my first hug, my first real hug was at 18 with my dad. That's when I knew my dad loved me, 18 years later. He woke up every day at 5.30. He did that for 18 years. But the moment he hugged me was when I knew he loved me. And so I challenge you parents today that you show affection to your child. You love on them. You let them know during the song how much you like them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.